Do it with me, guys. Starting up a podcast. It's called Movie Schmovie. Talk about some movie. One is by Scorsese. One is by Russell. That's about all I got. There you go, guys. <laughs> that felt right, guys. Yeah, it that did. felt very right. It did. Welcome to episode 97 of Hello. Movie Schmovie. Hope everyone had a happy holiday. Now that we're back together. Shoot. Yes. You guys, good stuff. Man, right. amazing. A lot of good gifts, good food, good family. Heck yeah. Some good movies, maybe? Yeah. We'll find out well, a little we'll bit. find out. We're going to talk about a couple of them, right? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I guess before those those feature ones, like mm. big, we're going to be talking about David O. Russell's American Hustle and Martin Scorsese's uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Two of the bigger movies that we've all been looking forward to coming out. This, yeah. this this year, this one, season. One tribute to Scorsese films and, and one, one actual, actual Scorsese right, right. film. Right, right. The best not made by him. Yeah. Right. Uh, but have you guys seen anything else in release that you know you wanted to mention before we get into that? Um, I know you, you, I thought something popped up maybe that's going to be one of your favorite movies, right? Her. Spike oh, Jones yeah, her. is Her. Starring Joaquin Phoenix, Scarlett Johansson, and Amy Adams. Whew! I mean, fucking Spike Jones. He he really knows how to cut to the core of me, man. Did you catch his little cameo in Wolf of Wall Street? I saw him listed. Who? He was the the little guy with the bushy mustache at the little podunk penny penny stocks place. That was him. Yeah, the the guy who kind of gave him the idea. Oh yeah, you know. He also had a great reaction after he got hired. That was also really good. Wow, Spike Jones. Yeah, yeah. Which he also now that I think of it. Like, what was the last thing? That, oh, I guess he was in uh, Three Kings, which is a David O. Russell film. Mm-hmm. Wow, the connections. Oh, wow. Never ends. Mm-hmm. Never ends. Crazy. But yeah, so you were saying about her. It, it was a great movie. It's beautifully shot. Um, th- the thing is, I think we're getting to a point now we can tell which movies are going to like affect each one of us in a way. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's going to disappoint <clears throat> you, but like the, the, the draw is, so, you know, you could tell what's going to draw each one of us in and this is one of those movies i saw the trailer i knew i i would like at least the premise of it and the way it was shot and it it delivered in pretty much every way um it's amazing to me that a movie could be so <coughs> dynamic and just take place a couple places and take medium to extreme close shots most of the movie and still affect me the way that it did and it's it's just one of those movies Scarlett Johansson being an operating system that Joaquin Phoenix kind of takes on and falls in love with. Um, it, it feels like a mix of Lars and the Real Girl and uh, what was the other one? Black Mirror. There's, yeah. there's this show Black Mirror that we're kind of into, this UK show, about technology and how it affects people. It just it was a really powerful movie. And, and it's amazing to me that Scarlett Johansson, uh, just being a voice for most of the film, has such a an amazingly expressive voice, um, and and now I, it was something I noticed before and stuff like Ghost World, like just listen hearing her voice when she was really young and then hearing it now, it's just a really good movie. I think you should see it. Um, so so it just f- clarify for me. It's sort of set in the in the not the distant future but the near future. Yeah, is it one of those things where the technology is just a little bit more it's advanced? Just a little now? more advanced. Uh, Dictation is a lot better, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's like really not that far off. Like mm-hmm. it's it's really like they're regular cars. It's just that 
the operating systems are a bit more advanced. Like it's it's like Siri to the max. And um, this gentleman just uh, got out of a a really painful divorce and is alone, and he seeks out this uh, operating system OS one, and it becomes his his partner in a lot of ways. And uh, it's it's really cool how it the 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 evolution of this operating system is gradual and his love for her is gradual and then it's it's cool it's it's a really nice it doesn't feel forced mm-hmm. all of it um it's paced very well um it makes me appreciate where the wild things are well i was just going to say i think spike jones's movies are always sort of they're kind of emotional in a lot of ways yeah. like there's an intensity and almost like kind of a like a almost a depressive quality to some of it. But yeah. I, I remember in Where the Wild Things Are, the emotions in that were so raw. And this looks like it could be like a heartbreaking movie. But from what I've heard, it's almost kind of an uplifting yeah. movie. So I'm Did, excited to see it. He has this thing where like, and I didn't realize it until, I, I'd say, did you see the short that he did about the robots that fell in love with each other? Yeah. He yeah. does this thing where like, it, there's like this underlying thing where he, I don't know if there's like a belief of his where he believes that like most of us are pretty unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of find these pockets of happiness. And when we do, it's almost like we overindulge. Like it, and that's, that's something that I think is pretty amazing about us as, as human beings is kind of the overindulgence and love and, and, and the idea of it. And that's a cool, it's a cool concept. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of a recurring theme in all of his, his movies and all of his videos and everything I've ever seen. It's like this selfless passion about everything mm-hmm. and and that's that's how i think a lot of people live it's in my i'm pretty sure it's gonna be in my top 10 huh. i'm i'm seeing it i'm i'm in my top 10 <laughs> and i saw i saw anchorman too Man. i was gonna say i've seen a movie Man. that i know Man. won't be in my top 10 but i don't want to i don't want to dog anchorman too too much just yeah, because it's a terrible. comedy yeah. and yeah. i think we were talking about this just before we started recording uh, that if, if there's a zillion jokes in it, and if it's if about half of them fall flat, that means you're still laughing yeah, still at half well. a zillion jokes. So <laughs> it, it's in that sense, it's I I mean I did find myself enjoying bits and pieces of it, but it didn't feel like utterly necessary in, in a sense. Like it didn't it didn't really no, add yeah. anything to the luster of the original movie. It had it was good to see those actors playing those roles again. Steve Carell still very funny as Brick Tamland. Uh, still like great at saying those sentences that aren't sentences <clears throat> yeah, somehow, you know. Yeah. And Kristen Wiig is very funny. Their little scenes are funny. There's lots of little threads that are funny, but the movie felt like it had every idea they had just kind of thrown in and strung together. And I guess even though you know the first one is no classic film in terms of its plot structure or anything like that, this one felt a little bit more kind of shaggy than that. And so I would have liked to have seen, you know, it probably could have been, I feel like we say this about everything, but it probably could have been about 20, 30 minutes shorter. It really could have. Like, seriously, it could have been like 40 maybe. And I would hope they would just cut out 30 minutes of the jokes I didn't like and keep all the ones that (laughs) I did. Scrap all of them. But I know several people that have said they just laughed throughout. So I think that the one thing people seem to agree about uh, with this movie is that it's funny. Where does it sit in the sort of... You know, it sort of seems to be agreed upon that Anchorman is the is the best Will Ferrell movie, the funniest. So where mm-hmm. does it where does Anchorman two sit? It is not it is not the second best Will Ferrell movie. It's somewhere down the list. I would say it's still, as far as his collaborations with uh, Adam McKay, it's it's not as funny as Talladega Nights. Yeah. Not that you have to rank everything that way, but when a movie comes back after nine years, you do sort of wonder what they what idea they've got up their sleeve. Sure. I was a little bit disappointed how many of the jokes were just 
taking a joke from the first movie and changing it a little bit. Like I, right. I thought they were going to avoid that kind of rehash comedy sequel stuff. And they, they did a little too much of that for me, but even in those moments, there were still funny bits. So yeah. it's, it's hard to have too much ill will against a movie that is really just designed to be silly and, and kind of make you giggle, you know, and yeah. this one definitely, definitely did that. I know you liked uh, Megan Good. Yeah. yeah. I thought that Megan Good was pretty good. Like, especially since I don't really like her and everything. I thought that I thought that it was a cool choice, mm-hmm. especially since her as a comedic actress is not really one of those things that you expect. I, I don't even cool. know what what she's been in before. What? Um, man, I don't know how else to say this. A lot of black movies. <laughs> that's that's really it, man. Not to be a dick, but that's true, man. It's like all those like movies that you see with rappers in it, and mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know. Well, they kind of picked her. She's not like a straight-up comedian, which reminds me of the way when they used uh, Christina Applegate in the first movie. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't apparent, like, was she going to be able to kind of play in this this world with all these crazy comedy actors? And she did well. And I thought Megan Good was good. I thought Greg Kinnear... Uh, Reckon it was, was really was funny. funny, and especially the way his character kind of develops and what happens with him. I thought that was sort of unexpected. Can we, and fun. Can we admit that Megan Good is a brick house? There were moments where I was I was shocked. I was like, I, "This is this movie in 3D?" And I only yeah. noticed it when she's on screen. It's very crazy, <laughs> very crazy. She's yeah. a, she's a brick house. She's out. Did you think? Oh, go ahead, brick. Go ahead. Okay. Did you think that the villain was necessary? I thought that in this movie no, that the villain the, plotline just was, was like that? a wet fart. It just meant, it was so stupid. It was like one of those comedy villain plots, Steve, where you have to have like a nasty businessman behind the the scenes, and it felt so much like the type of character they would throw in like in a Wayne's World movie or something. But like, it's almost like you can even tell in the movie they knew they didn't need this character because he's really only in a couple of scenes, yeah. and you don't yeah. really care. It's just uh, yeah, the almost like as as much as I'm saying the movie felt kind of shaggy and overlong, I would still say almost. The less plot, the better in one of these Will Ferrell movies. Definitely. Yeah, but um, I saw Riddick. Oh, man, surprisingly good. That's what I've heard. Only because, oh, all right. So if that's you, what my friend Ronald told me. If you relax, <laughs> if you relax a little bit and watch it and take it for what it's worth, it's a sci-fi movie that feels a little like '90s ish. It's a really solid movie. It was shot shoestring budget, thirty-eight million. I mean, considering. Oh yeah. How much a lot of those, yeah. Uh, Vin Diesel had to like put up his house for the last. I like the spirit of, of that movie because yeah, I think good... he didn't like the fact that Chronicles of Riddick got. I mean, I don't really like Vin Diesel, but he keeps doing these heartwarming things. Like he's sort of a his 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 heart's in the right place. I think with a lot of these movies he wants to make, and he, I yeah. think he wanted to make another Riddick movie, and he knew that the studios weren't yeah. going to bankroll it at, at that level again. I just think it's so neat that they that they made it anyway. It was no one was sitting there drumming their fingers waiting for the next Riddick movie, yeah. but think, they made it. Think Dread. Think Dread. The way yeah. the way I, f- I felt the same way about Riddick as I did for Dread. Like it was kind of out of the blue. It felt good. It mm-hmm. was funny. It, it was pretty solid. I saw Out of the Furnace. Out of the Furnace. Am I saying that right? Yeah. <clears throat> what the fuck? Like I feel like this year. What is going on with this year and all these actors killing it? Intense movie. Did you see it? No, I haven't seen it yet. But have I you seen to. it? Yeah, I did. What did you? <clears throat> I thought that it, I, I liked it. I thought that I didn't it, love it. I thought that there was it, like a really good. missed a big missed opportunity with it. I mean, I think that like with, uh, you know, Christian Bale, Casey Affleck, you know, just the the the, the cast, Willem Dafoe, Woody Harrelson, Sam Shepard, is awesome cast. I mean, Zoe Saldana like is like in two scenes. Forrest Whitaker's in like two scenes. Yeah. You know, it just seems like it's peppered with all these like big names and like they try to pull these characters in to be a part of the storyline. 
And it really didn't matter. Like, it really just comes down to a... It's like a revenge flick that felt like something from, like... It could have been a badass revenge flick from, like, the 70s or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It did what it, what it felt like. And they were trying to say something else. And um, I thought the script was really bad. You thought um, it was bad? I thought the script was bad. I mean, I... I, I I don't know. Yeah, like, it, like it was, good actors can make it look good. You yeah, know, I feel right. like you know, and these are great actors that I think like made it look pretty good. But I think that there's a lot of a lot of stuff that didn't work. Woody um, Harrelson, like he's great. He, he was he was great, but was like great. it's the same sort of thing. Like I felt like he wasn't in it enough. Like he was a villain. Yeah, sure, exactly. He was in it like a couple of scenes, mm. and and he wasn't. And in hindsight, the trailer for that movie is so deceptive. Like that's what I that's what I read that someone said. Um, Someone said that it the, that the trailer like sells this intense suspense thriller, yes. but the movie's more not. of a drama. Yeah, everything yeah. in the trailer basically happens in the first like thirty minutes, forty minutes of the movie. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, not to like spoil it, but I mean, like, and then the rest of it is like it, that's where it turns into like the revenge thing. Like, I, I I gotta admit, like going into it, I didn't know that certain things that happened in the film were gonna happen, and they kind of mm-hmm. surprised me that they happened so early in the movie. Yeah, and you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's like. They they build this relationship between him and Zoe Saldana's character. There's like all these shots of them in the trailer and the big Pearl Jam song playing. I mean, and she's literally in it for like two minutes if you count the screen time. It, that it's, whole it's thing with crazy. him with them made me so sad. It was sad. It was that was. I mean, and that's that what I'm really saying. Sad. Like, there's there's like some really good stuff that could have been great. I think. Um, I think Christian Bale's incredible. I mean, I think I don't know what I don't know what he does bad anymore. I mean, like he's so good. Yeah. I think he's one of my favorite actors now, and uh, I can buy him doing anything. Yeah, he we'll talk good. about American Hustle in a little bit, but I mean, even in this, like, just that you know, the steel worker, you know, he's just like country guy. He mm-hmm. knows three things, you know. He knows that he loves his woman, he knows how to do his job, and he loves his dad or his family. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like that's simple, but he plays it so straight, yeah. and it's just like I buy it 100. Yeah. percent If we could combine that movie and the place beyond the pines, this felt like that's together. what when you said everything in the trailer happens in the first thirty minutes, felt and like you were it. surprised where it went from there. I, I, that's what I was thinking of. Is it sounds like felt place like beyond it. the pines? Yeah. I'll say that I liked it. I'd I say it I, maybe I'd I give it like it. a three star, seven mm-hmm. out of ten ish kind of thing for me. Three st- out of ten? Seven out of ten. Oh, I thought you said three out of ten. Three out of four stars or seven. I don't oh, know. Like yeah, if you yeah. want, if you want perspective, like I oh, like yeah, the yeah, scale. Yeah. I get that's you a pretty I mean? good scale. Yeah. That's pretty good. What Steve did was he gave you a couple of options. You yeah. gave me, you gave him to he me gave, rapid he gave fire. You a seven and out I of ten them and up. a three star. He what he should have said was three stars out of a possible five. Seven out of ten. Yeah. You hit me with it so fast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what? Sorry, that's obvious. I don't know. I yeah. I mean. I think it's good that I saw it later because I know that if I had seen it when it was like my expectations were higher, I probably would have felt a little differently about it. But mm. I um I wanted to mention a movie real quick. I saw a documentary. I've been like I've been basically browsing all these like <laughs> online blogs and and writers that I follow and just people that I, I value their opinions like these different end of year lists, mm-hmm. but like non traditional ones that aren't just like my favorite ten movies. It's like some of these sites have things like you know the best short films, the best action films, the best docs or whatever. And the documentary, I, you know, those are some of my favorite, like, you know, that's what Netflix pays for. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but I mean, there's a really, there was a list I found. There were some really cool documentaries that I never heard of this year that I was able to watch over the past two weeks. And one of them was called The Crash Reel, um, who is uh, the director, it's directed by Lucy Walker, who I only recognized her because she had a documentary that came out in 2002 called The Devil's Playground which was about, like, the Amish kids in Rumspringa, I think it's called, like, Mm -hmm. when they basically go out and have their rite of passage and decide whether or not they want to commit to the Amish lifestyle and whatever. Oh, wow. And they're, like, they, like, are, like, 
heathens. Like they like <laughs> drink, drugs, sex. Yeah. Like it's it's hardcore. But that movie's awesome. If you've ever seen it, I, w- I would recommend them watch that. But that this film good. was really great because it's basically it's a documentary about Kevin Pierce um, being a fan of snowboarding and 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 action sports and you know skateboarding and things like that. I recognized the name and I knew about what had happened to him uh, about four years ago. Um, he this is a kid that was basically um, you know basically there was Sean White. And it was Kevin Pierce. Like they were neck and neck and they were like one, two all the time and, and friends at one point even. But he basically had an accident preparing for the Olympics and uh, basically like was had brain damage and, you know, he basically had a concussion and, and he was basically paralyzed for a while. And mm-hmm. he worked his way back and like he's he's a better man now and he's, he's not really competing anymore. But it's a really great documentary about about like just the human drive, like coming to terms with what you can and cannot do after things change in your life. Mm. Um, and just a really cool expose on just like that whole sport. And they really kind of takes an interesting turn later on in the film when they talk about how that's like one of the only sports where there's really no real insurance for these athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, they have tons of sponsorships and they win all this money with these, these tournaments and tons of branding and their helmets are covered with stickers and everything. But when something bad happens, basically they're like, you know, they don't have insurance like, you know, some other athletes do, right. you know, with players associations and things like that. Um, so it's a really cool look at that too. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of sad because, you know, it's like, this is a, this is a talent that never really got realized. Um, but it's a really, really good documentary. Um, if you like sports docs and some of the footage of, of him snowboarding is just incredible. Um, that some of it was part of promotional things, but some of it was like footage that they shot, um, for this, for this film. Um, but yeah, it's called the crash reel and I think it's on a couple of different streaming services, but I think it's going to be coming on Blu-ray shortly, but. Uh, yeah, so that was one of my favorite documentaries of the year. Um, and the only other one I wanted to mention that I saw, I was going to bring up Out, Out of the Furnace, but you uh, you beat me to that. I also saw um, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. We mm-hmm. talked about it a little bit before the podcast, mm-hmm. but I just want to say, it's not as bad as people are saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that this well, What do you think is, that is coming from? I don't know. I, I don't, I honestly don't know. Like, I think that it's, it's didn't get the critical review that, yeah. or critical response that I think a lot of people were... Both critic, critics themselves, I think, were looking forward to pay, maybe like having a, a like a like I think we even talked about it. You you mentioned it, John. Like this was Ben Stiller's like legit effort film. You know, like this is this is going to be like the one that maybe made him legit. Yeah. You know, like oh we are we were having that realization that we were fans of Ben Stiller's, mm-hmm. and the trailer was great. Um, but I just think it's not the movie that the people were expecting it to be. Um, I mean, the trailer looked like it could be sappy. Yeah, and I think that's what people have been responding to, just from what I've read, is that they're. I think people wanted it to be more clever or funny or subversive or something in keeping mm-hmm. with what what seems to be the kind of favorite flavor of Ben Stiller. And I don't think people are quite ready to take him or quite willing to take him in that kind of leading man role where where you're just supposed to sort of feel for him the whole time, even that, though that's it. Even though as an actor, I I mean, he's he, he clearly is drawn towards that type of role from time to time, so. No, that that I think that's what is. I think that's what people aren't willing to do. I think you're right. I think it's just uh, you're not watching him be like silly or like you know these fantasies that he has to escape from reality. They're not like they're 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 fun. They're not they're they're just not like zany. You know, mm-hmm. like they're not like off the wall things. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're basically things that like you or I could just think up. You know what I mean? Like stream of consciousness. Like you know, you see a billboard that has something on it, like a. It's like a mountain man or something like that, and you know, you just imagine something you you in that role, and that's pretty much what he does. He doesn't have any like crazy laughs in the film. Um, I did really like Kristen Wiig though. Like, I think I, I, I 
I do like her, but I don't know. Overall, I've never really been blown away by her. Mm -hmm. And she kind of plays it straight in the film. And I mean, I think that's kind of cool because uh, you almost like expect her not to. And I thought that was kind of nice that Mm. she was kind of just like the love interest that uh, is like the only thing that kind of encourages him to like go from these imagination scenarios to like actually maybe living a couple of those things. And that might be where people aren't liking the film. But yeah, a lot of people that I know and friends of mine straight up said that it was boring, you know, Mm. like that it was slow and that somebody was even mentioning like that they were going to walk out. Mm. But I think it's just ridiculous. Like, I think you were in the wrong film. Do you think Um, maybe they were going to walk out because the movie had inspired them to go on an adventure? To go on an adventure (laughs) that didn't involve watching this movie Mm. anymore. Maybe. I mean, maybe they misread it or completely missed the clue. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I just, not, not not to sit on it too long, but I just, you know, to defend it a little bit. I just thought it was better than a lot of people were hating on it about and or you know what I mean it's just I just think that people don't know what to the marketing's kind of weird for it and it doesn't get too funny and doesn't get too serious it like it tries to straddle that line a little bit and some of it just falls flat you know but I mean visually I think it's great I mean I think that a lot of the special effects and the, some of the set pieces are really beautiful I even read a really harsh review that said that they still encourage people to go to the theater to see it just because of the photography of the scenery and everything yeah. in the last time. It's, it's gorgeous. Like, especially when he goes like international, like to Greenland and Iceland and, and some of the shots on the ocean and things like that are really beautiful. There's a really cool scene where he like gets a hold of a skateboard and just like skateboarding down this road through like, a, I don't even know if it's like the Himalayas or I don't even know where he was at that point. I think it was Iceland, but, um, it's just gorgeous. I mean, and the soundtrack's really good too. So, I mean, if you, if you like the trailer, I mean, that's kind of what the movie is. It just the, the 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 thing that goes against it is I think it just doesn't go too far into one or the other, which is probably would have benefited it either for people that mm-hmm. wanted that comedy or somebody that wanted something a little more subverted, like a more dramatic like mm-hmm. character study of this guy like coming out of his shell kind of thing. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. It's a very short story, yeah. and so even when it was adapted uh, decades ago, it was that they had to really pad the story out to adapt it into a movie. So the fact that this movie has survived in so many different incarnations and been cast with so many different actors over the years, uh, to me, just says that that people really want to make a movie that has the name The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. You know, there's yeah. there's almost nothing. I don't see what else that says to modern day audiences except just. Oh, it sounds kind of interesting, you know. I don't think that the audience that they're intending this movie to be for. I don't think that they're people that have like been waiting for the the adaptation of the James Thurber story. But yeah, but I might be wrong. Mm. So yeah, that's a lot of movies that we saw. A shit ton. On top of the movies that we saw. On top of the movies that we saw. Yeah. Which one are we gonna do first? American Hustle, of course. I I don't know. I disagree with you completely, Ronald. This is where I walk out. <laughs> <laughs> John, come back. Hello, I'm Elliot Greenbottom from Merry Old England. I love that. I love Greenbottom. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you too, my good sir. A fa 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 fa. Well, we're going to talk about American Hustle, a movie I think we all very much liked, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, what do you. I know that we all liked Silver Linings Playbook last year. We, oh, so, yes. And I think in general, we're, we're sort of. David O. Russell partisans. We tend to like the movies that he does. Mm-hmm. What is it that he brings to a movie that is so unique? Because I don't know that the I don't think the story of the movie or the script of the movie is necessarily the greatest thing in the world. But it was it gave these actors such a great playground to play these great characters. Yeah. And then I think David O. Russell somehow he's just got this ability to wrestle all of that 
stuff into a shape that is like funny and unique and it feels like a mainstream movie but it also kind of feels like an indie movie i think recently in the past three four years his most recent films it's, it's become a lot more accessible too yeah i think you know some of his older films not even that they're old but like floating with disaster or um like i heart huckabees were, were, were i thought were great films but i don't think they had the appeal that like this film or like silver linings or even the fighter did um, I agree, but I would say that even flirting with disaster at the time, it was what made it seem special when it came out was that it was more accessible than a lot of indie comedies of its oh, time. I mean, you know what I mean. If you compare of, it, yeah, sure, you know what I mean. So, sure. and, and I would say maybe the same thing about I Heart Huckabee's for a weird movie about philosophy. It's actually a very accessible kind of fun movie. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. It really does seem like since the fighter, he's been in this kind of Oscar territory, which is which is a little strange. He's These movies, a, he's on a run. One of the things that he tries to capture that I think that a lot of people don't necessarily um, is is dialogue. I think that that's that's what separates kind of indie stuff from a lot of mainstream, where you don't have all those elaborate set pieces and stuff like that. You you have dialogue to make up for that. That's the thing that drives it. That's what kind of makes Quentin Tarantino movies so... I don't know what people are so amazed by this idea of kind of putting dialogue ahead of set pieces and, and all these crazy things happening around, around you. That should be... That's what it used to be. That's what it should be. Yeah. And the fact that these movies capture these uh, amazing pieces of dialogue, whether they're absurd or or relatable, it, it's something about what David O. Russell does with every movie I've ever seen him do, where he captures this piece. But whether you, whether you believe uh, in any of the things that are happening, that these two people that are talking or these four people that are talking, these four people that are arguing that this is something that feels very real and genuine and shitty and it, it pulls you in. So I, I don't know. This 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 movie felt a little more formless. It felt a little more like I Heart Huckabees. We were talking about it tonight before yeah, we started yeah. recording that it's a character study more yeah, so yeah. than, even more so than a kind of epic, whatever you would call it, crime film. Like, it definitely has... Uh, we've commented on it, a lot of people have commented on it, that American Hustle feels like the best Martin Scorsese movie that Martin Scorsese didn't make. Yeah, sure. And it, it feels like a love letter to those types of films. Oh, yeah, it does. It but does. it doesn't necessarily have that type of story at its core. And in the moment, you would really feel for a certain character. And then a couple of scenes later, you would be kind of rooting against that character because of another character, you know? Yeah. And I, th I think that the movie really does... E even the narration gets handed around from character to character. You know, the voiceover goes from one yeah. character to another. It very much is a movie that seems like... It's rather than trying to show you the, the era or the the crime, the sort of true life crime that provided the basis for the movie, it really seems to be interested in focusing on those human relationships. Yeah, I, mean, I think... Uh... I think the the cool part about it is like when you're saying with the narration, like when we get introduced to each character, there's a moment where you get like, there there's vital information that you're giving. It's it's not focusing on like necessarily what they're doing in life. It's more about them as a person. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of like the idealistic approach he takes to kind of building these characters because you're kind of given some sort of perspective on like their struggle, whatever you know, whether it's Jennifer Lawrence's you know housewife or Amy Adams you know little. His his right hand woman, mm -hmm. um, you who is you, incredible in this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And everybody's you're been given perspective that, on but... like what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? Like it's just not plopped down. And where do they play into this whole this whole scam that's going on? What you know about going into the movie? It's more about I, I've really enjoyed knowing about this person and like what what they are struggling with because what they are struggling with is what's motivating what I'm going to end up like 
well, what I did end up loving about the third act of the film, you know, what changes in a- Amy Adams and Christian Bale's dynamic. It's like a roller coaster, those two through the whole film yeah. mm-hmm. and their relationship with one another. And, and also with Jennifer Lawrence is, is absolutely amazing. I think, um, I guess how different they are, you know, how madly in love with he is, he is with her for one reason and the next girl for the next. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, you know, like, and, and you totally buy it, or at least I did. Well, I would, I, I've said to a couple of people that uh, Jennifer Lawrence plays a role that in the wrong hands could have easily been a really shrill, annoying character that yeah. so often oh, in yeah. these movies, you, you know, you've got the guys, the, the exciting woman that's entered into his life. And who uh, and we're talking about Christian Bale's character who plays Irv Rosenberg. What's his name? Let's get his name right. Rosenfeld. Irv, Irving Rosenfeld, who has a wife at home, but he's he's met Amy Adams's character, who is I mean I, I remember her fake British name, which is Edith Greensley, but Sydney, uh, Sydney, yeah, uh, Sydney Prosser, and uh, Lady, uh, pardon me, Lady Edith Greensley. <laughs> <laughs> Who is based on a real person with a different name, but like when 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 uh, Sydney comes into Irv's life, you don't really know anything about his home life yet. And then when you meet his wife at home, I mean Jennifer Lawrence definitely plays a frustrating character, but she's just she just feels real and she's kind of funny and she's kind of sympathetic and she's got some little riffs that she goes on with the dialogue that just kind of humanize her. And so by the time you're invested in this movie, rather than seeing her as like a fly in the ointment, you see her as a person who you sort of are kind of hoping. That she is not just collateral damage in this situation, even yeah. though she's a messed up individual. And I guess every one of the characters is like that. They're all messed up, and they all have a moment or two that shows you something inside of them that you kind of want to protect, and you kind of hope the story doesn't destroy. Even Bradley Cooper's character, who's kind of an aggressor, and as, as much of an antagonist, I guess, as the movie has, even with him, you sort of feel for his desire to like make a name for himself. He's a, yeah. he's an, is he FBI or CIA? FBI agent. He's uh, plays an FBI agent named Richard Damaso, and his his ambition is to really make a name for himself by by you know cracking this this case this this app which I guess is again it's it's all very murky to me what was actually going on but it, it, it which is so funny to see this movie and then Wolf of Wall Street both of which require you to have this kind of intricate understanding of the ways that people can be conned out of their money in seemingly legitimate ways you know yeah. <laughs> I it felt like the people that were getting bilked out of their money in American Hustle were more more culpable or they you know the whole premise is they're trying to get loans that they wouldn't otherwise be approved for yeah. and so they send some funds out to get somebody else to free some more funds up the one thing the movie didn't make clear to me is how does irv not have like a, a line of people outside his door every day asking about their loan did we just not see the scenes where <laughs> everybody comes to him after the or is it just it's accepted that it's a high risk situation and if you don't get it you don't get it and i that's think so it. and i think there's a point where he actually says to her and even in a couple of the exchanges that you see him having with these guys that are trying to get the loans, he 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 says flat out like, "I don't guarantee you. This is not guaranteed. You know, right. like this is that you have my services, you have my word that I will try." Yeah, that's pretty much his his selling point. Mm. I think that's maybe how he gets away with it. But yeah, yeah I know yeah. what you mean. Like you don't ever see that scene where everybody's knocking on his door, like, "Where's my five thousand dollars?" You don't come to get that full understanding yeah. of it. Which again, just is more a part of what I was saying before is that the movie's much more interested in these characters and what being in a like what being a bunch of liars means. When you have to have trust amongst each other, you know, sure. and and I and I and I think that the way that certain scenes would play out, and you would kind of see one angle, and then you would learn something that would change your view of that scene, like the way that opening scene played, when you just get introduced to the characters, and then we then we go back in time and we find out how they all met. Yeah, it, that scene makes. Like everything that was mysterious about that opening scene, you understand all the underpinnings of that scene yep. by the time you yep. by the time you get to it. 
Um, Louis C.K. also was very, very good in a very underplayed role, and he actually has kind of a nice moment. I kept, I've again a good example of a character I felt for that was just, I just didn't want to see that guy get crushed by the story, and in the end, he has, you know, he doesn't exactly win out or something, but he kind of gets, he kind of gets to enjoy the downfall of of another character who's been who's been dogging him, but it's full of those. I mean, I think David O. Russell just understands the way that like, he's supposed to be kind of an obnoxious jerk himself. I just think he understands the way that, and this is going to sound weird, but he understands the way that like obnoxious, high-strung, hyper-intelligent people interact with each other and that there's this constant one-upsmanship. Mm-hmm. And and different points in the movie, you kind of, you know, like Bradley Cooper, like I said, who's an antagonist, there's a scene where you really feel for him because he's figuring out that he he was more of a dupe than he thought he was. Yeah. And you f- see the hurt in his eyes. The realization. Yeah. Even when he's acting like a brute, you you get a sense that there's a there's a real person in there who, who whose feelings get hurt, you know? Yeah. The characters felt... Okay, so the movie we're going to talk about. Yeah. I feel like the characters are a lot more fleshed out in this movie than... The the, the, gonna... Well, we're, we, everyone knows we're going to talk yeah, about the Wolf talk of about Wall Street. Of Wall Street. I, so I, I think Are you going to talk about Wolves of Wall Street? Wolf, Maybe you saw wolf, a different The Wolf film. of Wall Street. Yeah. So the more, the more I talk about this movie, the more I realize that um, there is a lack of uh, detail in a lot of characters that are in some of our favorite movies. There's a lack of fleshing out the characters. It's just a lot. Like, it's like a cursory glance. You get to see the behaviors of the person, mm-hmm. but... Seeing them interact with people and seeing how they affect things, affect things isn't quite something that you see all the time. And this is a movie that shows it. This That creates something a little different for me. Now that I'm talking about it more, yeah. it places a lot higher up than I, than I would have placed it before if I wasn't intrigued by... Sometimes, sometimes I think I get more enamored with the idea of Scorsese movies mm-hmm. because of how elaborate they are. And I kind of like that this is kind of like a smaller slice of whatever world we're looking at. Because it because I think that a, I think that a lot of it is like pageantry. It's like a lot of like like it's weird. It's weird. I like the little piece of the the crime. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like it, the scope is more focused. The, yeah, and, and because of that I think that I think that people miss things like i think that it's really cool somebody's like suck my dick like they, they remember that from a scorsese movie mm-hmm. but like the 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 grand scheme is that there's there's like there's a lot more to these movies than you're missing things and scorsese movies give you that thing that 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 little kid that 16 will love that that bro will love mm-hmm. it's weird it's weird I, mean, I thought about that as i left the movie well theater. i mean like scorsese we're kind of jumping to scorsese I'm, but, i didn't mean to jump but, but like scorsese is like one of our great filmmakers you know Absolutely. what i mean so in a sense he's got that he's got that kind of built up i think what's interesting is and what we were talking about before with david o russell is that he's kind of developing into one of these Absolutely. huge filmmakers that mm-hmm. might be i mean it might be that 20 years from now people will be saying Oh, he hasn't made another one like American Hustle since then. Just the way people would talk about Martin Scorsese and Goodfellas. Goodfellas. I don't think that David O. Russell quite has the cinematic control and the flourishes mm. and all of that. But I do think that it's like it's two different approaches. And what's funny is, and I guess I said this earlier, but I don't know if I said it as as clearly as this, is that when watching American Hustle, it feels like it's a it's a Scorsese film. But when you see a Scorsese film and then you kind of reflect back on American Hustle, yeah. you realize that there are certain things in American Hustle that Scorsese would never do, which is sort of like 
in a weird way, let all these characters off easy. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't think I'm spoiling the movie too much I'm, to say that like, you know, it, it's, it's not a movie that's full of death and mayhem. It's, it's yeah. a movie where it, 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 it rewards your investment in the characters for the most part, as opposed it's a lot, to, it's a lot lighter. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just it's how extremely I light. see it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like he prefers to sit back and, and keep it light. I'm thinking about David O. Russell. Right, right. He, he kind of just keeps it more light and he, and he, I guess specifically with this movie, maybe not so much with like silver linings, but he kind of just looks at these characters and like sees what they're dreaming to be yeah. Yeah. or to do or to have, you know, and, and we're with like Wolf of Wall Street. There's not, there's nothing light about their yeah. dreams, you know, the, the dreams that Jordan Belfort had, like, yeah. you know, yeah. they're harsh and they're, and they're explicit and they're, yes, he's like, lo- he's, he's loathsome from the first frame exactly. of the film. It, right. You know what's, Whereas thought... in American Hustle, you find yourself going, is there any way these folks can stay out of jail? Exactly. You're like, yeah. when, when, when Irving's like really worried about Jeremy Renner's character and you're like, and he's like, but he's a friend. Like, yeah. I, what can I do? Like, you're like, fuck, like, I'm worried about that guy. No, I love, yeah. I love that yeah. the movie went there yeah. because so often, again, yes. it's like, if this was a Scorsese film, the, the Jeremy Renner character, who is, who is uh, Carmine Polito yeah. is his name. He's also based on a real guy. But he was—he's like a mayor who is willing to do corrupt things if it gets more resources for his city. If it gets yeah. more—he's really trying to help the community. He really—I mean, the movie never gives you any indication that he's not a decent guy who's really trying to do maybe the wrong thing, but for the right reasons. Sure. And you see how they even manipulate him and kind of pull him into it. And in a Scorsese film, that guy would have been a dope yeah. who we would have seen. <laughs> Pulled off in handcuffs, crying, and he—the joke would have been on him. Yeah. And you wouldn't but in, care. But in this movie, you 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 see that fate coming for this guy, and you find yourself kind of flinching because you go, "Oh, I really like this guy." And what's great is then in the movie, Christian Bale also suddenly announces that the thing you've been kind of hoping exactly. someone would yeah. would notice us, is that yeah. like, "Oh, wait a minute, that that I, I I like this guy," and it almost becomes the biggest stake in the movie is can can. Can the inexorable wheel that's turning forward, this whole this whole plan that the uh, FBI has in motion, that's going to take some people down? Can this happen and not just utterly destroy the one maybe decent guy at the yeah. heart of it? And the other thing is, was I was thinking of you, Ronald, because I was like, I know you don't have much of uh, much affection for Jeremy Renner, but I was no, he was but great I in loved this. him he was in, great in this. When we saw it, he came out saying, "I love Jeremy I love, Renner." Yeah. Love Jeremy Renner. Okay, good. Oh, but also, I, I felt like the Wolf of Wall Street. The the consequences weren't. As bad as I thought they were going well, to be. Well, as bad as these I, guys deserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, <laughs> which is, which is a very cool message about mm-hmm. crime and the way it's treated for, you know, white collar crimes. Like it's very different. Yeah. Um. I. I don't know. So I guess we should. Well, before stick. we leave it entirely, let's just say a couple of things that we may have kind of touched on. But yes, Christian Bale's amazing in this amazing. film. Amazing. Like he 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 manages to take that crazy elaborate comb over that he has and turn it into not just not just comedy but a character trait that really s- says so much about the guy. The mm. opening with him decking himself out for it's all about appearances, and this guy's appearance is almost. He's, I mean, he's almost kind of gross looking. He's got yeah. bad hair. He's got a pot belly. Anyone with a pot belly, I have no respect for. <laughs> but you know, he's just like a paunchy guy, and he's he's like a guy who she even says it about him at one point in her narration. Amy Adams does that. There's really nothing, a tr- like outside his. He's got this magnetism, this charisma, and this confidence that totally overrides his physicality. I mean, he's yeah. kind of a schlubby guy. And I thought just seeing Christian Bale sink his teeth into that type of character, essentially a comic schlub role i thought he was great and was i great I've, I've in the past wondered if christian bale could do comedy passably well but i thought i thought he was really he fine was in this he and great. he has he and bradley cooper both have have some great moments together you know bradley cooper is like a wedding crashers level asshole 
and it and I thought except that, even a little bit more like yeah like more roided out like, it was that. weird yeah. like he he played it so well seeing him kind of slip in and out of like this extreme security in his situation and then totally vulnerable slip yeah. from him and seeing it in his face almost like literally having something change in front of him and seeing his face change right i i, I think that he doesn't get enough credit as an actor at all mm-hmm. he's fucking incredible I thought it was great. And maybe we've saved the best for last with Amy Adams and Jennifer Lawrence. But they really, I mean, Amy Adams has been getting a lot of great notices. The only reason why I felt even like I needed to say something about Christian Bale or Bradley Cooper is because I feel like every critic I've heard has been raving about Amy Adams. But she, she is that good. And there is something so interesting about the way this character plays off of all, all those things that she does that you, that, that make her work in certain roles and not in other roles. It all comes into play here. That kind of, she's got that sort of, it's all about this woman who's trying to put forth these surface uh, like impressions that get her through these situations but there's some great moments in the movie where you see her watching what's going on and how things are changing and you see her kind of scrambling to figure out what her next move is because yeah. she's as much of a of a of an operator in this story as anybody else and she actually kind of moves back and forth more than any other character but i was fascinated with just what she was going to do yeah. and trying to figure out what her character was thinking of because there was clearly there there were wheels turning constantly with that character i i didn't feel like the women in this movie were weak and no, I, they really and I thought that was really cool. Like, I like the idea that like these they basically held the play for most yeah, of what happened. yeah. They did, yeah. they did. Like, they they felt like equal parts in this situation. And even at a point where the the wife gets thrown in, Jennifer Lawrence gets thrown in, mm-hmm. and you think oh, maybe she's going to be the weaker of them. Oh, okay. Also, I want to yeah, say yeah. You some, worry about her wonder, when she, yeah. when she goes into that situation, and then she's yeah. so clear. She just she just pardon my expression but she fucks shit up yeah in a really interesting way that only a strong character could you know i thought it was really cool that despite all right so i saw the trailer and i was like jennifer lawrence is going to be the sex symbol in this movie i couldn't have been any more wrong about (laughs) who was the lead kind of sex symbol in the movie like i thought it was it was it was so good and seeing kind of jennifer lawrence and amy adams play off of each well, other. Well, what was funny is you don't even think those characters might overlap and then when they finally do, it's like yeah. fireworks. You really Ugh. can't wait to see what they're... I mean, because you almost worry... Like, the only character that could really get the drop on either one of those characters would be the other the other female character. Do you know what yeah. I mean? In the sense that they both have... Yeah, it was very, very interesting. And I also, since we're talking about Jennifer Lawrence in that section of the movie, the fact that she, she and Richard Harrow strike up a romance i thought was <laughs> i thought that was great it took me a second to get used to seeing, seeing his, whole his whole face, face. yeah like, oh, okay. and hearing him not knocking like this i love the scene where like jennifer lawrence is at their house where like christian bale like basically pegs her for what she's done mm-hmm. and she like just turns it around and is like you should be thanking me yeah yes like, you're welcome and you're yeah. just like wow he should probably thank her. Like, yeah. this is all because she fucked things up. Why do I feel like that's what having an argument with the actual Jennifer Lawrence would be like? Uh, supposedly, they did improvise a lot of the her. dialogue. She, she could do anything yeah. and I would she thank so her. so good in it. Supposedly, they improvised a lot of the dialogue in this. Yeah. I think in some cases, that really shows in a great way. I think there's some other cases where it felt a little bit like... That felt like there's one line that Jeremy Renner has where he says that was... Some, he mentions coriander. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know that ever anyone said coriander before like 2005. I'm just not sure about that. But that's the only line that felt like, oh, that's, that's Jeremy Renner, the actor, improvising as a guy who would never say coriander. But, <laughs> but that was just the one thing that stood out to me. In general, I thought the improvisatory tone made the characters feel more alive and made those scenes of dialogue feel just like they, they just 
you were like a little bit more like you were eavesdropping, which again yeah. was a similar quality that Silver Linings Playbook had, with a bunch of characters just kind of bouncing off each other. But yeah. and looking up like what David Russell has coming up, and there's a he's apparently supposed to be directing a, a film called The Legacy of Secrecy, which is a, a nonfiction based on a nonfiction book about the shadow conspiracy of JFK's assassination, but with Leo DiCaprio oh, as tie-in for Wolf. And Robert De Niro. Who is also, I think, a very famous... I don't think that we're spoiling anything. <laughs> I would just say... I was I, shocked when I saw that. I would just say, appearance. keep your eyes peeled in American Hustle. Yeah. You may see an, an, another actor who it was is, great is, in the last David O. Russell it's, film. It is truly like a little convergence of every great David O. Russell player yeah. in the past yeah. like, three or four years. Which seems to be another thing... Marky Mark is missing, though. Another, yes. Where was he? Another thing that, like, that ties him to Scorsese is that thing, the way Scorsese will just find an actor and just use him. Yeah. And it's like, for the couple times, back when Scorsese started using DiCaprio, I didn't like that so much. But now that I'm totally in Leonardo DiCaprio's back pocket, um, or his front pocket, he can put me in whatever pocket. <laughs> I, I like the guy. Uh, I now see that as Martin Scorsese really finding a way to get a foothold in modern audiences minds by yeah. by finding this actor that i mean you know again it took me a while to, to realize that that leo is as good as they say but if you see wolf of wall street you will have no question yeah he may be like the best actor is that possible i mean ah <laughs> oh, god damn it i hate saying that kind I, of stuff i i think i think he is he is I one of the, he, he, he's, the best. I, I would say he has to be in the conversation for in the top three of just, all, just just all around of all time what I'm can you do and what can i believe you in and I don't. You like, know, what are you going to bring to this movie? Yeah, would be a he question is, you might ask an actor. And with he this is movie, incredible. Yeah, and he brings yeah. the movie to this movie. I mean, like, there's moments. There's the the the, the comedy of this movie was yeah. what surprised me the most. The fact that it was legitimately as funny as it was, as much as it was. I think that we can also give a little tip of the hat to Jonah Hill, who's <laughs> developing into a really good actor. I mean, yes. like, Agreed. So he's great. like, and he's that perfect, he's one of my favorite kinds of actors because he can sit, he can fit into a dramatic situation and he can riff. And he can do his little yeah. asides, but they're in character. Like, you believe that he's a smart-mouthed guy who talks fast and thinks fast. And, I mean, between those two, there's a lot of other great, I mean, Kyle Chandler. Ugh. Great in in this, yeah. great in this, and playing such an understated role. Who's got a nice little beat near the end? Like what happens with his character is really kind of interesting because he's trying to bring Jordan Belfort down, but you can see that Jordan Belfort gets to him. Yeah. Like there's oh, no question oh, at the end man. of this movie that Jordan oh, Belfort gets God. to him. That part, oh god, that part at the end. There's, there's something. There's something really. The callbacks to things. Sure. The the way that the way that, I I think that. Character studies are a real thing, a real mm -hmm. big thing. It's a real big thing to tackle, especially if you're taking on such a like. So, uh, would you call Wolf of Wall Street a character study? Because I would say it's more like an I don't know. It's like an well, epic. It's like an epic character. It is study. an, it is an yeah. epic one. Well, it, it feels it feels like. There's, in order, no, good. I'm no good. I'm sorry. In order for you to take someone who's so low and have them rise and have them fall again, is 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 a really hard task within in a three-hour movie especially to do it well and to keep you entertained and, and to fact, go three hours with like no scenes no, that last longer no than two minutes and no no, no boredom yeah. in three hours i don't know about you but i didn't know I, I yeah I, I was i was rocking the whole three hours it's amazing they, it's crazy to me that you can have a slapstick moment almost in a serious moment and mm -hmm. a sad moment and and have all of you take all of these scenes equally as seriously 
Sure. That is, he is, man, God damn it. He might be one of the greatest actors of all time. Like, not not in, in any decade. You know, but will he you ever win an Oscar? No. No, I don't think so. I don't think he's, he's because of what he, this he's movie. He's hitting his stride now, This maybe. movie is not going to win anything. It's not gonna. It's not. I don't think it's gonna win it. Uh, well, the one problem I have with the 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 it does seem to me like a, if you're looking at all these movies that we're looking at that we say these movies are great, like something like Twelve Years a Slave yeah. might have a shot. But in a weird way, I think that it's still too risky. I could see. Yeah, I, I could I see the mean. the Academy voting for the quote unquote safe choice over Twelve Years a Slave. What's the safe choice? I don't know if it's not American Hustle. It is American. Oh yeah. I mean, I begin. You look at the pedigree of the actors. You look at the record of everyone involved. Last year, a very big showing at the Academy Awards. It's it's American Hustle. So American Hustle then becomes the safe choice over Wolf of Wall Street, which is insane to think that Martin Scorsese at seventy is making a more subversive film than David O. Russell. But it is. Wolf of Wall Street is is a darker, more. It's going to be an interesting Academy Awards. David O. Russell is better at capturing soul. The soul of the characters. I think I that think. yeah. What I said before about the way that the the mayor character would have been treated by Scorsese. I love <laughs> Scorsese, but his morality is very harsh, and I think he has yeah. a very dark sense of humor. He would have been like totally. he got shot. And I think in the that in his mind, the, right, exactly. He's written him off. So the, the way that Paul Thomas Anderson, like at the end of Boogie Nights, he shows what happens to the one guy who was a pedophile. And there's just no mercy shown to this character. He's yeah. like in prison crying while someone's raping him or whatever. Right. I think that Scorsese has that kind of bone in his body that where he wants to show you like the punishment yeah. of these people you've been watching. Whereas David O. Russell, maybe to a fault, wants like again, maybe because he is a jerk, has more compassion for difficult people. But I think that like it's so interesting to see a movie that kind of is a tribute to a Scorsese film and then see a movie that is Scorsese seemingly doing a tribute to Scorsese. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, Wolf of Wall Street is, he has to know that that's a style that he doesn't operate in every time. But when he does, it's yeah. just exhilarating. I mean, that's a word I wrote down in my notes. It's just an exhilarating movie to watch. And when you get to that part where Leo's on the, he's taken the quaaludes and they've kicked in. and he's Oh gotta my get, God. Yeah. And I didn't know that Leonardo DiCaprio could do that kind of physical, physical comedy. comedy. Like amazing physical comedy. It's like slapsticky and it still get feels. Get him off the phone. <laughs> it's so well done. I, and man. then when he gets to the house, and Ron, Ronald actually had, had to take his pee break while the hilarious moment where uh, Jordan Belfort revives himself by like dumping a vial of Popeye. cocaine in his nose. <laughs> the Popeye moment was yeah. fantastic and a great culmination to that scene because I, when, he, when he gets there and we're it's like, okay, we've been laughing at Leo in this state. And then when he gets there and now we get to enjoy Jonah Hill doing his version of the same thing. Right. That's, that was just, I mean, that's like both hilarious and like an acting tour de force, that scene, you know? So it's uh, how they balanced all those elements. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of in awe of the tone of Wolf of Wall Street, you yeah. know? Like, the fact that it's so funny and so fast and still so kind of thought-provoking about these people that we sort of allow. Like, we know that there are people like that. And we yeah. just kind of allow, you know, we don't... You just kind of allow it. You don't. It's like I'm not. I'm not investing money in penny stocks, so I don't. Yeah. I don't worry about it. I don't think that is Wall Street in general. I think that a lot of bankers would say that that's a that's a sliver sure. yeah. of what happens on Wall Street. But we know that that's how a lot of people get bilked out of their money is by these people like that. And and it just confirms all your worst suspicions about the way these people feel about their clients. Like yeah. that one scene with with Matthew McConaughey just lays it all out, and the rest yeah. of the movie just illustrates yeah. <laughs> what yeah. he what he said. There's a, and I think that, that so here's the thing. <laughs> American Hustle, to me, is a better movie in a lot of ways. However, this is this is the issue. 
Scorsese is good at creating legendary movies. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that you will watch with your friends 10 times over and will quote for the rest of your lives. That's the thing, man. Like whether it's a, whether it's a and that might make it better in a lot of ways. Like I think story-wise, American Hustle it didn't have much of a story, but the acting in it is stellar. I could see watching it again a couple times and enjoying it thoroughly each time, but I could see Wolf of Wall Street being the kind I watch of movie it. that I would just put on. I watch sure. it a million times. I know that I will. I know that my friends will like it. I know that I can I know that I can put this movie on in front of my mom and she'll love it. Yeah. Even though she hates well, gratuitous The great thing violence. about it is because, and a lot of critics have been seizing on this idea, Ronald, that like, it, if you could pin the movie for anything kind of negative, you might say, does it want? Does it have its cake and eat it too? Does it does it try to celebrate this yes. guy for yeah. the entertainment value of it? Mm. And while it's also kind of judging him, and I would say that is the subversive kind of nasty trick that Scorsese is pulling, but it is thought-provoking. Yeah. But I, I think that that is part of what this movie does, is it right. forces you to sort of enjoy the spectacle of these guys and to kind of want them to do more crazy things because you want the movie to keep going. But it also is reminding you at every turn that they're awful yeah. people. That like from the word go, these guys, their goal is to do something reprehensible, and they do it well. And that just, you know what I mean? It's this. And, yeah. and the other thing I want to say is I love the little crew of guys that he starts with that are there till the end. I loved yeah. seeing those guys kind of develop. I thought the, uh, um, I'm going to say the Asian guy and just sound like a terrible bigot. Yeah. But what was his character's name? Something, uh, something Ming. 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 Yeah. But he was great. He was he very was so funny. Good. And I thought it, it took me a second to say that to be for sure that that was Ethan Suplee. Yeah. But that yeah. is him. And he, but he looks like, if I mean, he looks like an adult from when I was a kid. Do you know what I mean? He looks yeah. like a, oh, like yeah. he looks like a, a a little league coach or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. There's there's yeah. I mean, there's just so many entertaining things about the movie. Like whether or not yeah. I, Oh, Do you feel manipulated? Well, I I don't feel manipulated because I can judge and say that I know these guys are assholes. But like, right. I, I I mean, I'm not in a position where I can. <laughs> this is gonna sound horrible. <laughs> where I'm gonna be able to do anything about it. Right, you know, right. like I I can. It's a movie to me. You know, this right, is right. somebody's story that was written into a book and that somebody optioned and they made a film out of it and yeah. they have some incredible actors and it's an incredible movie in my opinion. Yeah. But it's not something that I feel bad about saying that I was thoroughly entertained by watching this guy Same. get rich off of taking people's money, you mm-hmm. know, uh, cheating on his wife, uh, punching his uh, wife in the stomach, uh, taking his child and driving into a, a, a brick wall. You know, these are horrible things. Yeah. He's a horrible asshole guy yeah. who has more money to this day probably. I mean, he's still out there making tons of money doing these inspirational – he does like these lectures. I've watched like some of the them on YouTube. Thing, yeah. Like they sh- they reference it at the- towards the end of the film, and he mm. sees like Kyle Chandler's character sees the billboard on the on the train or the metro or whatever it is. <clears throat> but when you said earlier about like it's like he's a rise and fall, I don't ever think he really falls. Yeah, I mean yeah. he makes a comment towards the end of the I'm film when he's in prison. He says, "Then I remembered I'm rich." Yeah. And that's the fucking point of the movie. <laughs> Nothing happens that really gets to him because he will yeah. always have this money. He found a way sort of well, to get out of these is, things. It's almost like a perfect scenario, mm. even for being on the outside of it and judging him negatively, because we can say that guy is a, like a lower form of life because sure. all he cares about is money. Yeah. But he doesn't give a shit that we feel that way. Exactly. Yeah. That's a... So it's almost like a perfect system. <clears throat> he doesn't <laughs> care. I mean? He doesn't care get, that he cheats on his we wife. We get to dine on our moral outrage that people That's like it. him exist, and he gets to dine on whatever the fuck he wants yeah. but, and but, snort whatever he wants he out of a, whatever he hole he wants. Us the, uh, he gives us the convenience to be able to live through him for yeah. three hours, yeah. is what I'm saying. And the crazy part is, 
Heat, I know that everything he did was fucked up. It wasn't so fucked up that we completely detach ourselves from our love for him. Well, like caring what's next. I don't think, yeah, I don't I think that, that moment happens until the end when they very definitely show him taking a turn for the nastier and even, and even and that, And even yeah. that. Just thinking. Think about what he could have done. I think that you could hear the audience, like the intake of breath when... When, when, when he did what he did. When he did what he did, yeah. <laughs> I, could, I feel like... He also has a Walter White moment. I think we now know that whenever someone drives away with their infant daughter or their young daughter and we Your know this isn't going to go well... That's a that's a no, but I don't know. I I agree, Steve. I think that I, to me that seems like yeah, that's the point of it. But yeah. I think that if we're supposed to wrestle with, do I feel bad for? In, I don't think that I feel bad. Like I don't know why this movie just jumped into my mind. But do you remember that movie Funny Games? Yeah. Yes. That seems like it's designed to make you feel bad for watching it. Like mm-hmm. it seems to want to make you feel bad for wanting to see this type of movie. I don't feel like Wolf of Wall Street is designed to do. I don't feel. I don't feel like Martin Scorsese is turning towards you, the audience member, and pointing the finger, saying you're a terrible person for enjoying oh, no, this. I think not. he's saying, aren't these guys funny? Like isn't is, is this it's ridiculous? Is, this is That's messed ridiculous. up and this is terrible. But on an, on some level, isn't it also kind of hilarious that these people are, exist? I think that he, you can see he enjoys depicting these guys. And what I think is also interesting is just the sheer statement that's made by the fact that he depicts these these financial guys in the same way that he depicts, you know, gangsters, gangsters and, and criminals and murder. Like he doesn't, he doesn't. He, it's almost like he lets all the baggage we bring into a Scorsese film kind of do some of the work for us. Or the work, some of the work for him in the beginning of the movie because we know these rhythms. Yeah. But I still don't think I've seen a movie that quite this way refracts the the opinion you have of the character because I mean he's he's guiding you through and he's telling you the truth about every awful thing that he's doing and he doesn't give a shit he what you care. think because yeah. it was yeah. his decision to do it. Yeah. yeah. And he had total power to do whatever the hell he wanted the entire film for the most part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're saying okay, I'll watch. Yeah. I'll listen. Yeah. I'm in. I mean, because I I fucking loved it. And I mean. I, I love and I, you, you know with the Kyle Chandler part towards the end and even like him when you see him in prison, I mean just the this even the narration that that part that that last thing he says just about like then I remembered I was rich mm-hmm. I mean I just was like motherfucker <laughs> yeah right what a fucking way to yeah. end this movie like you're like oh man he's playing tennis in a prison and yeah. and he's and he's all down on being in prison for three years and he he really only served twenty two months but I mean it's just like what a realization. You know, the one thing I'm I'm kind of subjected to being in prison now, but I'm still rich. I'm still rich. And that's all I cared about the whole fucking movie. Yeah. Uh I wondered I wondered how his friends felt about him. We're going to betray, Monaco. Betraying that him. whole sequence was insane. Yeah, that whole <laughs> what the f- and, and and just to think that a lot of this was absolutely true. The way they they were in the offices was debauchery. It mm-hmm. was gross fucking like Getting penicillin shots on the on the week right. on the weekly like visits. Prostitutes just banging prostitutes and, the, and, and his different the, levels the way he of prostitute. Like, yeah, you know, red faced and veins popping out and stuff. When he's yeah, I believed every second of that. Of yeah. as far as that's how these companies operate. Yeah, it's interesting. You were talking about the kind of statement of this movie. Is then I remembered I was rich. I, I did write down in American Hustle. I I forget which character had this bit of narration, but they say that the art of survival is a story that never ends. And that, that was almost like, I remember thinking that that was kind of the theme sure. of that movie. Mm. The theme of Wolf of Wall Street is fuck you, I'm rich, basically. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's it. Yeah. And it would, I would feel like that would be a dispiriting or empty experience to watch that. But I came out of that movie feeling energized. I mean, it, oh, we, totally. we saw a late showing of it last so night. And I was, it's like I was kind of wired just sitting there yeah. thinking like, I've, I don't know, it's very exciting. It's for, and it's amazing how many great films, like how truly great films 
trying to make my list, you know, these two movies definitely jumped into the list sure. after I saw them. And uh, Anchorman 2, a little, yeah. bit, a little bit lower down, <laughs> a little yeah. bit lower down the list. It's, it's in that middle section with like John dies at the end and stuff like that. But no, I just think that, that it's, came it's, out it's, this year. It's exciting to Shit. see. It's exciting to, to see movies. It's exciting to see movies that are this good that have every right to be this good. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to see filmmakers working at near the what might be the top of their powers <sighs> oh, with totally. great talent. And the one thing about even though I think David O. Russell is a great director, I did find myself thinking about American Hustle that those actors could elevate any material. Oh, and yeah. it, you happen to have really good material. And then you look at something like Wolf of Wall Street, where there's, I mean, it clearly. It must have been geared around what DiCaprio could do, but I mean, I'm still. I feel like he every inch of his talent is in that movie. You know what I mean? Like everything right. that he's capable of doing was was on screen in that. And it's he's. I think he'll. He's not going to win anything. I still. I still believe that. Not this year. Not yeah. this he year. will sometime. I hope yeah. so. Oh, I he, mean, he, but he I don't know, to. man. I I don't know. To. I don't know if he. But but he has something a lot bigger, and that's this legacy of unbelievable movie after unbelievable his streak is unbeaten i don't care what you can't put him up with anybody yeah. at this point oh he's yeah he's incredible he's a he's untouched in terms of performances in the movies consistency in movies mm-hmm. and i i think there's something to be said about that versus these awards you know these these trophies that people try to attain that they may not get but he'll always have this idea that people will hear his name and be like He's the fucking best. Yeah, and, and, I, and he and he does it with great company too. Keep that, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, oh yeah. Not to take he's, anything he's away like, from. Not no, no. I mean, anything. like you know, specifically with Martin Scorsese, he's been in like what three or four of his movies recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's great. You know, I think yeah. this was this was yeah. his fifth one. A fifth one, okay. Because wow. I always forget about you know, Shutter being Island, in Tarantino. You know, you're, he's working with really great yeah. people. If he's in this David or Russell film, like he's very smart and he's mm-hmm. incredibly talented, and like there's no doubt he's one of, if not the best, all around. Yeah. Interesting though is. I don't know that he's like he's as bankable as a star as I thought he was. I, I, I think you might be right. Yeah, because he does he does these odd like he seems to go with his own whims and like he'll do something like Revolutionary Road. Right, it's never going to be right. a hit. You yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. Like I think he definitely is in films that are successful and that make a lot of money, but I don't know that he is. I don't know that he is the the bank. You know what I mean? Like I don't like the, you know like we were talking before yeah. about like Will Smith was like write a check. Yeah, he he'll get you a hundred million dollars. Brad Pitt mm-hmm. was in it. I don't know, man. I don't know. Rep maybe it, I'm just saying, like, man. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't. I love Leonardo DiCaprio. He's one of my favorite actors for Same. sure. I just, I'm always really, really curious about, like, put him in a movie where, like, there's not a built-in like fan base to the subject matter or to the director or to another star. You know, Steve, he really is the the box uh, office bank. It's odd you mentioned Brad Pitt. I think he was originally attached to Wolf of Wall Street really? for a time. I, I would, and I had to really struggle to picture him. I, I think he could do it, I but I don't do. know that the fast talk... I, I, I don't know. I just feel like Brad Pitt's <clears throat> talents are... I don't know that he would have been able to pull off some of the the, the fast don't, talking. Don't ever him. question him again. I think, he can, I think he can do it. <laughs> no, I love Brad Pitt. No, I, th- I, I think of the character from Ocean's Eleven he, that he was. Uh, yeah. That kind of like the fast talker, smooth. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying that I, I found myself being glad that that it was DiCaprio oh, absolutely. when when I read that. Yeah. But it's I also, you know, you, you read about, that, that, like, for instance, like Ben Affleck was originally attached to direct American Hustle, too. So right. I mean, there's all these little, you know, these, these projects are both projects that were kind of passed down and kind of went through different hands. But I think that what's really significant as well about Wolf of Wall Street that is worth mentioning is that the script by Terrence Winter, who, you know, 
the co-creator, uh, one of the big writers and directors on Boardwalk Empire, and he was a writer on The Sopranos. I mean, I you know I think that you can't say enough nice things. You can't say too much about Wolf of Wall Street without also giving credit to the script, which I think juggles all these crazy elements yeah. with a great pace. That movie just had a fantastic pacing to it. And did you hear that one of the reasons why it got pushed back from November was because they actually had to edit like an hour out of it? Yeah. I'll, oh. I'll watch that cut. No, I'm, I'm, I'm that hoping cut. that that comes out eventually. But I'll I wonder the if the I wonder cut. if the decompress if that would just feel like a more decompressed version of what we saw, or if there's stuff that got you know what I mean. If there's actual character bits that got. Can cut. we take a moment and acknowledge the real eye candy of the film, Margot Robbie, his second wife, the blonde. Oh, you, man, I think like his the, first like, wife. So, I think his first wife is all right. So in terms of no, don't don't talk. Okay, in you're terms. Not, listen, you're listen, not going to say this. Listen, in terms of real life, I'm talking about real life. Like, who? Why I are would, you worried about real I'm life? I'm just saying. I'm before. This is the fucking Wolf of before, Wall Street. Before we get into the grossness of whatever, <laughs> first, first, I'm thinking who I would marry in real life. Yeah. First wife. Okay. Second wife. What the. F- the scene, the scene with the kid where she's in the like, room in the pink. Wh- yes, she was good. I read that she actually beat out, not not that the first name mentioned would matter to any of us, but Kristen Stewart and uh, Jessica Biel for that role. Those were the three. It was down Jessica to. Biel. Yeah, I could. I, I'm so oh glad it God. wasn't Kristen Stewart. That's all oh, I can say. Yeah, me too. But yeah. I would have loved to see Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel. I think I Jessica her. Biel would have killed it. I think she's she, a great she actress. She probably got confused when Wolf of Wall Street. She was thinking it was kind of another <laughs> Twilight sort of film. Yeah, I'll pass. There's no me. actual wolves what, in this Jacob's one? not in this one? Yeah, right. <laughs> are these Jessica shirtless Biel. wolves or are these... Yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's, she's gorgeous. I, I just, I was, I, yeah. I remembered her from About Time and she's not in that a lot but she was, I remember just being stunned by her but seeing her so much in this movie um, and so much of her in this movie. She's gorgeous. She, she, the way that Leonardo DiCaprio's character reacted to her when he saw her in the pool the party, party the first, yeah. is the way that I think that everybody would have reacted, no matter who, who was around, wife or not. You Poor can, guy that brought her to the party. Though. I would say, <laughs> yeah. I would say my reaction would be more like Jonah Hill's reaction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a, yeah. that was that, 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 that's definitely John. <laughs> oh man, we this, can just say the movie's great. Yeah, I mean, like, good. I don't know that there's much. I'm to... always spontaneously masturbating. <laughs> There's never not a time when we're just like right. off to the side and there's like, where's John? Oh, oh John, John again. Put your dick away. I'm just trying to get those numbers up. Those, those are rookie numbers. <laughs> but yeah, two, two great movies. Uh, I don't know which one. I'm still having trouble deciding which one I <clears throat> I think like in the more. end, I feel like Wolf of Wall Street did something more complete and yeah. more just that sticks with me more as a movie. But when I think about the individual characters in American Hustle, I, I, I can I can zap right to that moment in the movie where I felt for that character yeah. and where it was a culmination of the acting, the writing, the directing, everything else. Sure. I think that I think that as interesting as it is to note the similarities between what David O. Russell is doing and the kind of typical Scorsese film, it's also really instructive to see these two movies so close together and see how different the two oh, filmmakers totally. really are. So oh, in that yeah. sense, it almost seems... You know, if we weren't about to come back in a couple of weeks and do our list of the best movies of the year, I wouldn't yeah. be even. It wouldn't be a horse race at all. But now I'm trying yeah. to think like which movie, which movie, you know, won my heart and mind more. But speaking I, of that, speaking that's of right. that, yeah, we need to kind of give everybody a tease that we're going to be off next week. Yep. Oy. And then we're going to come back the week after. We're going to start the new year with episode ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. Shit. 
We're oh, close. We're, we're getting close. Oh, but 98, we're going we're gonna to basically go through our, our favorite films of the year. Yes. It's going to be a great episode. I can't wait. It's like probably one of my favorite episodes of the year, period. Mm-hmm. I love going over the favorites. Which is great, because even though we talk about a lot of the movies, if not all the movies that we see, we, there's always a couple surprises when we find out what how things shook out for each other. So. Oh, yeah. Who always. could ever forget John's number one, The Gray? That nothing will ever be nothing as big ever of a surprise. And it, that, <laughs> man, that shook the world up. <laughs> I loved every moment of it. Yeah, it was cool. Um... But we should like also this year it'll be Lone Survivor or something. I'll pull out at the last. <laughs> oh, uh, we'll 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 make sure that we'll have the phone line going again if you guys want to call in. Yeah. Uh, to the 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 four four three 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 zero two four six two, just leave a voicemail. Um, the the, the schmovie line schmovie mm-hmm. phone. Um, of your with basically your favorite movie of the year, just one movie. Uh, we'll we'll try to put together like we did last year. Um, some of our listeners' picks and just maybe a brief reason why. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say a favorite scene or whatever, but again, it's four four three 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 zero two four six two. This will be for the episode that will um, that will be airing on the tenth, the tenth of January. So you have a little bit of time, um, but be thinking about it. Get some, you got some time, two weeks to go see the rest of the movies that you haven't seen this year, and then just practice saying who you are, the name of that movie, and a quick reason why there you it loved is. it. Yep, Do John, it. you're so so good at explaining that. Sure. In fact, I recommend next Friday. January 3rd, when we don't have a new episode, listen to this episode again and just focus on that last part where we gave you instructions. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, awesome. Great times to get back together. Our little holiday season is coming to a close. Yeah. And some great films have come out at the end of the year. And I, I still, there's like still four that I need to see that I know I have to see before I can make my list. One thing I'll say before we go, did you notice that now that we're watching, like when you're watching movies in the summer... The trailers are for all the prestige fa- yeah. pictures of the fall, yeah. and then you you'll go to see like the the biggest best movies of the year, and the trailers are for all the shit that comes, comes out, out in January and February. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Kevin terrible. Costner's in everything. Yes. <laughs> How yeah, did this happen? Is, yeah, where did he come he's from? Like he's in that draft comeback. day or whatever it's called, and then like the action movie where he's basically like Liam Neeson and Taken or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> and then he's uh, Jack Ryan's handler in whatever that Shat, movie is. Whatever yeah. it's called with Chris Pine. Yeah. The that's the. Uh, face jack ryan tom clancy? the writer tom clancy movie <laughs> rest in peace tom clancy fuck you'd gone call of duty you big fuck. F- big fan of those books or just the games just the games yeah. <laughs> fuck his books yeah that was he, weird i think I he really... actually he actually wrote the books <laughs> so you're saying rest in peace but fuck your work fuck you fuck your work <laughs> fuck your video i love your video games though you love the video games that other people did based mm. on his his loosely based yeah. on you loosely 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 based you have a piece of loose leaf paper <laughs> loosely <laughs> all right <laughs> as always we got that look you've made our day Bye.